The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, our Ask the Experts spot is now, and I'm very happy to welcome Dr. Eleanor Galvin, who's our resident GP to the show. Welcome, Eleanor. Thanks, Luke. Good morning. Now, some questions have come in already, so let me read out one of them for you on the spot now. Please, can the doctor help? My daughter has been diagnosed over three years with trigeminal neuralgia, and she is still waiting on treatment and is in so much pain. A single mother and would not have money to pay for the private medical care. Thank you for any help. We are desperate at this point. I can imagine how desperate they are because trigeminal neuralgia is one of those incredibly painful conditions that can cause people to become depressed. I do think that there probably is a specialist service to it, but I think if you had somebody waiting that quite often a GP would commence you on kind of medication on a trial and error basis to see, you know, give one thing a go for three weeks, maybe something like amitriptyline, give something else a go for, for another three weeks, depending on what is wrong with them otherwise. But a trigeminal neuralgia will have to be looked at properly, scans, all that sort of thing. Eventually, they'll get into the machine that is the HSE. I'm sure it'll be sorted. But in the meantime, they could try different treatments for it in the hope that they will hit on one that will at least give her some relief to her suffering. It's a horrible condition. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Another similar, my teenage daughter gets very bad headaches in the middle of her forehead. It goes down into her ears. She has it when she wakes up in the morning, can randomly hit her any time. No over-the-counter painkiller will get rid or even help with the pain. This is affecting her life and schooling. Have ruled out migraine and sinus. What could it be? Well, I don't like to hear that somebody's getting headaches when they wake up in the morning. Now, yes, maybe she might be stressed, but sometimes that can be a sign of raised intracranial pressure. And I do think she is somebody that that would kind of raise a little red flag for me and say she may well need to go organised to have a scan uh, to see a neurologist to take this further. Um, And obviously... These things are uncommon, but sometimes when people are waking up with headaches, as opposed to headaches that come on during the day, uh, are sporadic. You'd want to take that further, and I would say Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Now, next one. My active, healthy, sixty-seven-year-old mum has been told she would require hip replacements, and now has a bursa in her knee, causing terrible pain. Getting physio. Is there anything she could or should be doing? It's great that she's that age, getting her hips done. That she'll get good use out of them. That she's active and healthy going into it. Physio is the key to getting ready for surgery and for after surgery. The bursa may well just dissipate itself, just a fluid filled sac behind your knee, or it may need to be drained. They're all minor things compared to the hip surgery. And now it's eating well, keeping exercising, good positive attitude into the operation and there'll be no stopping her. Very good. Now I've got a vaccine, I have to ask a vaccine question. So planning to get shingles, COVID and flu vaccines. Is there a sequence I should follow? I'm 75 and have underlying issues. Well, I'm delighted somebody's 75 with underlying issues is thinking about getting their vaccines. Great, They're exactly yeah. who needs to be getting them. It'll keep them out of A&E for the winter. It'll keep them home and healthy. You can have all those three together. Um, COVID and flu are always given together. And now always in our recent history of post-COVID, we give them together in the one day and we can also give shingles as well. And we can also give the pneumococcal vaccine as well. And so we come across so many bugs every day that there is no nothing wrong with giving those three together. Go down, get them all done and, and have a great winter. I get asked that. People worry about getting all, all in one go. Yes, we see hundreds of children. Every day. Yeah. But the truth is we're exposed to lots of germs yeah, and different all ones all the time. Yeah. And so it's safe yeah. to take multiple vaccines at the same time, I guess. Now, here's a, I like this. The quickest way to heal a boil on your face. Uh, How about that? <laughs> a warm face cloth for 15 minutes, three, four times a day. 
hold it up to it while you're sitting watching the telly or doing anything. It'll help to bring it to a head. Hopefully it'll drain. It'll speed up the healing of it. Just do not squeeze it. Leave it alone. If it's so big that you think that it needs to be drained, and I'm talking big, then go and have your doctor drain it in aseptic conditions and perhaps a little bit of antibiotic cream afterwards so it's not infected and that you don't get left with a mark on your face. But otherwise, I'd be warm face clothing it. But as teens, don't pick the spots. I'm not the advice. It is easier said than done. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Now here's one. I'm 35 and think I lead an okay lifestyle, everything in moderation which is great to hear. Uh, In the past two months, when I comb my hair, I noticed that more hair sticks to the comb and a bald patch is starting. What may be causing this? It doesn't say whether it's a man or a woman, but comb to me says man, brush to me says woman. Um, Don't know if I'm right there or not. If it's a man and he feels that there's a bald patch, if he's talking about a bald patch at the top of his head, unfortunately Mm -hmm. in your 30s is quite often when male pattern baldness happens and maybe have a look around at home, see are people in your family having kind of a bit of a bald spot on the top of their head and that may be all what it is. Quite often you'll be thinning at the temples as well or the hairline receding a little bit. You eat well, he does all the right things. If it is male pattern baldness, Unfortunately, there's nothing really can be done about that. If this is a woman with a bald patch on her head, well, then she needs to come have her hormones checked, her thyroid checked, her iron checked, everything checked. Um, Or if this is a random bald spot on anyone's head, that's not on a man's head in the middle of their head where you'd expect one as you get older then it could be the start of alopecia. And again, go get checked. Mm. Yes, there's, there's breakthroughs in alopecia. Alopecia areta, that type. Yeah. And now apparently there's, there's new meds around that can slow yeah. down alopecia. So it's, so it's an autoimmune condition yeah. essentially and, and they do treat it right. um, now and hopefully that's not, hopefully this is a man with a comb yeah. uh, who's coming to his 30s. Yeah. Right. Uh, another text, are any new mi- migraines are common, isn't it? Are there yeah. new migraine treatments? Is migraine still a, yeah, a, it is a tricky a big thing, thing to treat, is it? It's a kind of a trial and error thing that um, there's a lot of things from the very simple that treat migraine to the complicated medication that treat migraine. Some people just need to have something that they take when they have one coming on. But if it affects them every week, they can quite often go on prophylaxis or something that they have every day to prevent them. And again, you may need to try a few things before you find your sweet spot and also look at your lifestyle and your stress, uh, regular eating, regular bedtime, not too much drink, not too much coffee. Um, But it's treatable but it can be hard for some people. Here's one. Is there a way of knowing whether you have a breast lump or just lumpy breast tissue? And this is a very important one because women must be thinking, what's this lump, basically? If you're thinking, what's this lump, somebody who's qualified to tell you what that lump needs to... So a lump cut early is is a good thing. Um, And if you go and have your breast checked, you can also ask to be showed how to check your own breast so that you will know the difference between a lump and lumpy in the future. So some women have larger breasts and it's harder to find a lump and some people have lumpy breasts but a lump will generally, to somebody who's used to feeling lumps will feel much different. Um, And then if if it is a genuine lump, not lumpy breasts, they will go into breast clinic rapidly and it'll be sorted out and whether or not just because you have a lump doesn't mean it is something bad. It could be a cyst, it could be something else, but it certainly needs to be seen. It needs to be checked. Yeah, important. absolutely. Here's one. My 14-year-old daughter goes from being very withdrawn to shouting at me. She won't confide in me if there's a problem at school. I'm a bit of at a loss as to how to help her regulate her erratic behaviour. Are there particular mental health supports for teenagers? Are there any resources you could recommend? 
14 year old girls can be a tricky bunch and that can be hormones and that can be um, that can be school issues they don't always want to tell their mum all their problems and that's a normal stage to try and be separating trying to be solving your own things if you think they're down and you want local resources your GP will probably know of local counsellors they're spun out jigsaw a lot of HSE things a lot of them very backed up Um, but you go get some initial idea as to whether you're dealing here with normal teenage angst are you dealing with something more if you're dealing with something more then you will be getting help and you'll also probably be saying that it's really not acceptable to be shouting at your mother at 14 and then there's some sort of parenting bits that probably go in there as well a lot of people are very nervous about putting boundaries around teenagers for fear that they are affecting their mental health. But teenagers like boundaries. Yep. Um, that's what they're that's what they like to push against, but they have to be there. And very common to have teenage. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Grow, and hormones, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, that's right. Here's another one. Uh, how many steps should I be walking per day as a woman in my forties? Is going up and down stairs chasing my husband, kids and assorted pets considered ex this woman must be chasing after people in her house. But oh, it, <laughs> It is access. I don't know what she's doing when she catches her husband um the top of the stairs, but the 10,000 steps is what they say for a woman. There are some people who have uh, small children, busy households, do a lot of hoovering, bringing people here and there, standing at the side of pitches half the day, and they probably have their 10,000 steps well and truly done. And then there's others that have more sedentary lifestyle. Those kind of tracker fitness watches, loads of people wear them now, or you can get kind of pedometers on your phone, have an idea about how many you're walking. And then if you're not, maybe then go for a walk every night after dinner yeah. uh, and then you'll get up to your 10,000 pretty easily, hopefully. Right. But I do think running up and down the stairs sounds like something you do in a gym. That's right. Although yeah. I did see 4,000 might suffice today. Somewhere between oh, four and 10, even less. <laughs> get out done. A bit of yeah. exercise is essential. Yeah, it's nice for fresh air. Yeah. Right. Eleanor, thank you very much you're for welcome. answering all those Love questions. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.